There are a ton of storylines entering A-Day, but the biggest one probably doesn't have anything to do with what's going on the field. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's normally a Charlie Tuesday, not today. He ditched us because he's at the Masters. Button that top button, Daryl Daprich joining us, Montgomery radio vet and regular here at Locked On Auburn. There's so many storylines, Dap, going into A-Day. Obviously, you know, it's Hugh Freeze's first one um, as Auburn's head coach, and there's a lot of excitement that comes with that and a lot of position battles that we talked about yesterday that that, that we're going to be watching. But you and I were talking before we clicked record, Daryl, like the, the biggest storyline could be stuff that's happening off of the field. The total revamp on the recruiting front that we've seen it is nothing short of exceptional. And you're seeing four-star kids from all over the place saying, I'm going to be at Auburn for A-Day. And just the, the amount of energy. And there's a lot of dudes that are close that we think are close to popping. Maybe you see some positive momentum off of the field Saturday um, while they're during here stadium. Yeah, that's the storyline is leading up to A-Day, the recruiting momentum that it seems Hugh Freeze is getting is very, very important because two reasons. Number one, you touched on it. If you can bring recruits to A-Day and they get the kind of experience that is that Auburn experience and they right. feel and they feel the love. And so then they were and then they go ahead and commit. A-Day becomes a lot more important than just a glorified scrimmage. They're they're part of something, part of the game day experience. Second of all, yeah. you want to build a recruiting class that makes people want to come out and see that particular player that was highly recruited a year ago mm-hmm. in his first time in an Auburn helmet and jersey, even though it's A-Day, you get to put a name with a jersey with the face, basically see them live and in person. So if there's all this hoopla about Walker White, when he comes out and starts spinning it, his first A-Day game, it becomes relevant. It mm-hmm. doesn't become relevant unless you get some studs and some names of guys you want to see on the field and the first opportunity to see them on the field, A-Day. That's why I think that's a really important storyline. I'm with you, and we've seen the trend continue where um, uh, I wasn't able to go to practice yesterday, but reading several notes and reports of it, it's like during stretching, what's you Freeze doing? He's talking to high school coaches that are in attendance, and it's like the guy doesn't stop. The guy's constantly thinking about it, and I think – you may see a culmination of some of that Saturday at 8 a.m. We'll give the specific guys later in the week when John Garcia joins us to talk about that. The next thing I'm looking at, Daryl, is this new format, which I don't know if there's a perfect way to do an 8 a format. I just don't think that it, like it's kind of a weird thing unless you're just going to mix the roster up and do like, you know, two evenly matched teams, which I don't think makes sense from a practice standpoint. So they're never going to do it because I think we forget what this is, right? This is one of the 15 practices, and if it doesn't make your team better, it's dumb. There's no point to do it. And so the new format that Hugh Freeze is rolling out there is they're going to give – sounds like they're going to give the defense a certain amount of points. And it's like, all right, offense, 
Can you catch up with them in the allotted time, the allotted snaps, the allotted opportunities that they have? I haven't seen what that number is going to be, Daryl. And maybe in a second we can have some fun with you know what that number should be. I've got a number in my head. I'm curious if you do as well. But your general thoughts on this format, my gut reaction is I like it, but I don't really know if it matters that much. I like it because it's something different, and it's yeah. building a culture of coming from behind, an urgency. Oh. So okay. from an offensive standpoint, you know, in basketball, they can run that that drill where you've got the ball with eight seconds left, go. Right? Mm-hmm. In football, it's that two-minute drill. You've got the ball at the 20-yard line, go score. I like this because it's not just one possession that you're focusing on coming from behind. Yeah. It's scoring. If there's anything you want to do in an RPO system, it's score a lot of points as fast as you can. This format kind of practices that and puts you in that mold of how much urgency, the urgency mm-hmm. of having to score. It's not sitting on leads like what happened in the LSU games under Gus Malzahn. Where, look, at some point your defense has to hold a lead. I get it. I think you Freeze and Ron Roberts have confidence with this secondary and with this defensive line, they're going to hold some leads. But in case they can't, we got to be able to score when we need to score and put games away, and that means even coming from behind. Um, I like That's why I think this format practices that. It simulates that. It's hard to simulate urgency. Mm-hmm. It is in practice. This is as close to it as I think you can get. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I, I hadn't really thought of that angle, but I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah, and just if you're a quarterback and you see the number in my head is 27. That's you like Jarquez Hunter, that's why. Uh, I do. I do like Jarquez Hunter. Yeah. I do like Jarquez Hunter a lot. I think he's going to be great. But I think 27 is the number that's sticking up in my head. It may be lower than that. Mine was 23, which is okay. really weird. Such a weird number. But you know what it gave me? Three touchdowns and then my man McPherson coming out and kicking the field goal to give us the lead. Strange, yeah. you know. Or he goes out there eight times. Shoot. If that happens, that yeah, that mm, I don't care. 24 is 24, just like in blackjack, 21 is 21. I don't care how you get sure. there. Let's get right. there. I get it. I get it. But yeah, I think if you're a quarterback and you're TJ or Robbie or Holden and you look up at the scoreboard and it's 23 nothing or 28 nothing or what whatever the number is, 20 to nothing, you know, how do you respond to that? Because ideally. Ideally, your quarterback, something gets triggered in here where it's like, okay, let's go, or it's going to be too late. It's time to start playing football. And like that's what the greats do, right? Like that's what that's what uh, you know, obviously Tom Brady comes to everybody's mind, all of his clutch ones. But even like guys that have excelled at the college level, like Nick Marshall, like there was something about Nick Marshall where it's like when he needed to turn it on, there was running out of time. And you talk about urgency, it's when those guys played their best ball. Is that dude on the roster right now? I don't know. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet, but um, maybe maybe there's a chance they could turn it on. So I, I think and, that was a great point, Daryl. And it's why you see, even in the NFL, so many offenses pick up life and get really prolific when they go, hurry up, no huddle. Yeah, They go normal for like a half, and then the last two minutes they go, hurry up, no huddle, or the second half they do that, and they start lighting up the, the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. I just think that's because of the urgency. You get sharper. You hone in. All right, let's talk about can the trenches pass 
the eye test? Does it look different than it did a year ago on Saturday? We'll touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is still going on. You can go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite. They're giving away a bunch of stuff. 50 Locked On listeners will win a free box of Built. And then one lucky Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built and have Built's best bars and puffs delivered straight to your door. Daryl, you've been seeing Built bars and Built products. Um, You used to see them on the shelves, and now it seems like you're just missing out every time you go to the grocery store. I'm going to major grocery stores, excited to see them. I stack up, you know, I stock up on them. And the last two times I've whiffed. And so I actually did something I normally don't do. I asked to see the manager and I just asked him, I said, dude, when are you? And he goes, we, we are having a hard time keeping them in. He said, I've got another order coming in. I gave him my cell number. So he should be hooking me up because it is a great afternoon. If I got a sweet tooth, I fire one of those bad boys up and it really, it just, it, it it gets rid of the craving. It yeah, really does. Yeah, and, and it's only 100 calories, not right. you know, a few hundred. Like yeah, yep. totally, totally. So head over and, and get a chance to win some. BuiltMarchMadness.com. The trenches, Daryl, I've talked about this before when reporting on practice, specifically with the offensive line. With like, We don't know if this is all going to come together or not. It's impossible to know until really August and then when they start playing games in September. It's impossible to really know. But from an eye test standpoint, it really feels like this offensive line is better than the offensive lines we've seen for the last half decade. It just feels that way. They pass the eye test. And so for me, and it sounds like you agree, a big storyline is can they pass the eye test on Saturday? Both sides of the football in the trenches, offensive and defensive line, that, that's going to be a big part of this. We've heard so many times, I mean, you know, ad nauseum almost, that, you know, in the SEC, you've got to control both lines of scrimmage. It starts mm-hmm. in the trenches. Throw out all the cliches, we've heard it. And Auburn, in my opinion, has had to do a lot with smoke and mirrors over the years with a patchwork offensive line for, on two reasons. Number one, I, I think the talent level wasn't there, and then there was always a lot of injuries. What I'm so very, very excited and, and, and you know, optimistic about this offensive line is it the presumed starters came together so quickly, right? There wasn't – it was like, this is the best five, boom. This is who we're going to go with. There wasn't yeah. this shuffling in and out, try this, try that, patchwork. Patchwork and rotating different players to get a starting lineup tells me there's question marks. When you decide on a five right away – now, we don't know how it's going to play out on the field, but at least there's continuity going into practices, going into a day going into summer workouts. I think there's that cohesiveness and the decision that they made so quickly is very, very encouraging to me. And on the defensive side, you kind of knew who was coming back. You kind of had your veteran starters. But the new dudes, the transfer guys, they are going to be able to plug and play and provide depth and rotation and not much of a drop-off. That's why I think that's really, really important in dominating both lines of scrimmage. Yeah, and, and like we know that Avery Jones is good. Like he was good at East Carolina. Like we know that he's good. We know that Gunnar Britton can be good at Western Kentucky. We've seen it. He had a few games that like didn't grade out well, but the the big picture, like it's solid. Can he do it against SEC players? Can Avery Jones do it against SEC players? Can Gunnar uh can um can Dylan Way do it against SEC players? 
that to me is going to be fun, right? What do those guys yeah. look like against Keldrick Falk, against Elijah McAllister, against Marcus Harris? Those are going to be individual one-on-one -on -one battles because that's stuff that translates, right? There's always this stuff about like how much can you get out of A-Day? And I think the biggest thing, and I say this every year, Daryl, when you watch A-Day, you want to watch guys that are in one-on-one -on -one matchups because those guys are fighting for playing time. They're fighting to not get embarrassed. They're fighting for the favor of their position coaches, their coordinators, and their head coach. They're fighting for all of this. One-on-one -on -one battles is where you can tell, okay, this matters. If Keontae Scott constantly locks up dudes in man coverage, that matters. Keontae Scott passes the eye test. He's a good player. What to look for in the trenches is these one-on-ones, not double teams, not interested in that. That doesn't matter. That's a scheme thing. But just as far as ability, when you know Marcus Harris is lined up at defensive end on Dylan Wade and has a one-on-one -on -one blocking session, and you know can 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 you know does Jarquez Hunter does he find the next space because Wade opened it up for him? Or does Marcus Harris get him in the backfield? That's the type of stuff that you've got to look at on Saturday to say okay. These are the players that we need to watch and follow over the course of summer and then fall camp. I'm going to be really interested in Jones versus Jones. Yeah. Avery Jones and Jason Jones. I think that's going to be a stalemate, and I don't think anybody needs to read anything into that. You should come away from that really optimistic when neither guy gets the upper hand because, it, to me, it shows how really good Avery Jones is mm -hmm. and how really good, good Jason Jones is. So that's a battle – that I'm really looking forward to watching a one-on-one -on -one battle as well. That's right. That's right. Daryl, you've talked a ton about the upside of defensive backs. Mm. What's your storyline there as we watch this team, uh, th this team kind of go at each other on Saturday? They have a chance to be elite, a dominant secondary that locks you down and is a no-fly zone per se. And people can say, well, you know, how do you know they haven't even taken a snap yet? Well, I know because there is some history there with some of the players that are coming back sure. and how well they played last year. The DJ James, Keontae Scotts, you know, Jalen Simpson, once he moved to safety, he looked like mm -hmm. a different player. Puckett, Pritchett, now you throw Lee into the mix. Look, it has a potential to be really, really special. And in the SEC, if you can control people's air raid attacks and they're passing attack and put them in situations where they have to run it and make them a little more predictable. I also like the fact that you can leave these guys on an island if you blitz. If you get to the quarter, I'm just going to tell you right now, if Auburn's able to get to the quarterback with that defensive line, the way I think how good they're going to be, and not bring have to bring safeties and DBs and linebackers, and you let four or five guys sit back in the secondary – Auburn's going to have a lot of turnovers and really be on the high end of a, of a really good plus-minus, which to me directly equates to wins. Yeah, I am not as confident in the pass rush as you are, but I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, number four, DJ James, number three, Kayan Lee, and number six, Keontae Scott. Those are the guys to watch in, um, in the secondary. Keontae Scott is not number six. Who is what number is Scott? I am totally blanking on this right now. Yeah, he is six. He is six. Yeah, he is six. But you, it, so is a receiver. On Javari the Johnson is six yeah. as well. That's right. That's right. All and right. When uh, pots, it's very confusing because I can't figure out what the crap, which one is which. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, 
All right. And then quickly, let's talk quarterback just for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of storyline you're looking at with quarterback or are you in the camp of like, eh, this may not matter until after the May transfer portal? Both. I want to see because any quarterback's just an injury away from the backup playing. Sure. Um, so even if the quarterback's not on campus, you better have guys ready to play that could fill in. I, w- I want to see yeah. two things. I want to see Gurner's uh, uh, supposed, uh, uh, you know, alleged increase in accuracy, his improvement there. Mm-hmm. And I know now that this is an RPO. I'm really looking forward to watching Robbie run an RPO, which I think he's very de- he's designed for, naturally gifted for, and what he does at the mesh point, you know, reading the defense, when to pull it, when to put it, give it to the running back, and then throwing off that. Does that like with Nick Marshall? He wasn't the most accurate downfield passer, but he got better passing because of the RPO, the speed, the tempo. And if they can get receivers separated, what's that look like in an RPO when our quarterbacks are able to get the ball out and get it to them? Well, and, and he's kind of the opposite of that, though, right? Where Robbie's kind of good beyond 20 yards, but his short stuff has not been great. And most RPO stuff is going to be kind of within 10 yards of line. Is scrimmage. that, though, because the mechanics that he was practicing under was drop back and pass and footwork as opposed to sliding along horizontally along the line of scrimmage and being able just to make a quick hit and not have to think about it like you do in the pocket. I don't know. I think mechanic wise, Phil Montgomery will get a hold of him and put him, put him in situations along the line of scrimmage in an RPO where he, his body positioning may be better suited for more accuracy 20 yards in. I hope so. I hope it's that case. Um, we Marshall would have been very accurate dropping back in the pocket and having to do reads either. That's just not the kind of dude he is. He did it more in 14, though, and was good. But, I, I mean, I think yeah. Marshall's just so much better than Robbie is. I mean, so yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. All right, Daryl, I want to get your thoughts. Who are your three players you're most excited to watch on Saturday? We'll touch on that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage folks to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Daryl, who are you most excited to see on Saturday? Rivaldo Fairweather. Great. And, you know, I, I picked this before I heard what Hugh Free said at the press conference before practice today, that he was our most consistent pass catcher so far through the spring. As a tight end, he has been the most consistent. So I'm really excited to see him, his body size, how much of a freak he is, yeah. wanting to watch him uh, catch balls in the t- from the tight end position. Rivaldo Fairweather wears number 13. I can't wait for a lot of folks to get to see him for the first time. That's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to be very impressed with how well he moves and just wait for him to jump for a ball. And it's amazing how long he stays in the air for. So yeah, Rivaldo Fairweather, number 13. I love that. Who is your number two that you're most excited to see on Saturday? I have really, this has been a, this has been somebody that's kind of a building Robert Woodyard. Uh, Woodyard. I've heard a lot of good things in the last week about him and his emergence on the linebacking course. I'm very interested, and my curiosity has peaked to watch whether or not he has elevated himself into a potential starting role. If he has, he has come a long way, and that's why I'm really excited to see if the buzz that's been around him the last week or two is warranted. Body type, how he moves along the line of scrimmage, tracks the running back, that kind of thing. I'm really looking forward to watching him play. I'm curious to see if he's a starter, right? Daryl um, Woodyard wears number 17. I expect him and Steiner to be the first two linebackers 
out there on um, on Saturday. I think Austin Keys may also get a chance to be a starter. He wears number twelve, but that's uh, that's a position group that's fascinating because we've just seen different dudes line up there consistently. I mean, you're seeing the same wide receivers, you're seeing the same defensive line, you're seeing the same offensive line. Uh, you're seeing different linebackers every time we go to practice. So that one's um, that one's going to be really, really telling as far as, okay, these are the first two guys out there. Absolutely. And uh, if it is, then they have emerged and they have grown right. in the offseason. And that's to me, that's very, very encouraging. Your third player you're most excited to watch on Saturday? Kane Lee. Uh, Lee has been he, I, a lot of buzz about him. Yep. His length, the way he covers, the way he locks down. We know what DJ James is. We know what we have in him. I think we know what we have in Pritchett. Um, so, the, you know, he's the X factor. And if he can come in and, and play a little nickel or, you know, be the third corner in a rotation and come in in obvious passing situations, I'm really looking forward to what he can do as a freshman and what kind of impact he can make. I've heard a lot about him. Yeah, and now it's time for you know me to lay my eyes on him and see if 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 all the hype is is really you know generated. It's worthy. Yeah, no, I think you and a lot of Auburn folks getting to see number three out there for the first time, Kane Lee. I think it's going to be a ton of fun, a ton of fun. Daryl Daprich, how can people check out everything you've got going on right now? Uh, Monday mornings, Ben Taylor, Auburn Opelika this morning at seven ten. Uh, at 5 p.m. on Mondays at the final drive on WNSP. Really in, enjoying that, talking with those guys. And then midweek on the Max Roundtable. So kind of talking about all different things. And I actually uh, will have an opportunity in the future with some other maybe little Texas A&M action. See, what, see yeah. what's going on there. So we'll all, over, uh, all over the SEC. I love Talking it. to Auburn. That's right. I love it. You can find uh, all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.